truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings and welcome to the Steve Dace Show on Blaze TV, radio and podcast and on demand video, all that good stuff. My name's Aaron McIntyre. I have been calling myself for years now the executive producer of the Steve Day Show. Really, all I do is just push a lot of buttons, uh, both metaphorically and in reality as well. Joined today by uh, the editor of the Steve Day Show, Todd Erzin, who uh, is, you know, um, he's he's here every day, which is which is always a good thing. Um, but you know, these these uh, commentaries about both of our jobs is is really only uh, about uh, 125% of what we do. Most of the day- time, um, Todd, you and I just kind of sit around and, and do absolutely nothing. The guy whose name is actually on the show, Steve Dace, he is not here today, as you could probably already tell. Uh, he's got a little bit of a, a stomach bug that he's dealing with, and um, I didn't want to say it out loud, Todd, but um, I really, really didn't want him to come in today. And finally, he just said, yeah, I'm not going to get you guys sick, so I'm, I'm going to stay put today. Is that the reason why you didn't want him to come in today, or do you I, have a laundry list? I've just, you know, I I've just been having a a good summer, you know, and I don't I don't want him to bring that evil here. So uh, I'm glad that he stayed put. It's a stomach bug. It's not uh, it's not a bee sting. Did you know? I just learned this yesterday. Did you know that Steve's uh, allergic to bees? Allergic to or scared of? No, just allergic uh, to. Okay, yeah, he's actually allergic to bees. There was some sort of bug uh, running around in the studio here when we were taping some stuff after the show. And uh, he like started freaking out a little bit and started, you know, keeping an eye on it. I just thought he was being a sissy. I thought this was a small rodent thing uh, all over again. And so I just I I was kind of, uh, you know, jeering him and and, uh, poking him. And I said, you know, just sit still, um, you know, wait for it to, to pick a spot to land. And he, he like looked at me terrified. And he said, I'm a, is that a bee? I'm allergic to bee. He'll actually go into an anaphylactic shock. I did not know that about Steve. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, if you see a bee in here, Todd, uh, make sure you uh, make sure you take care of it because uh, it could be it uh, could get pretty uh, pretty dicey if that's the case. Coming up on today's show in just about a half an hour, since Todd and I are here, we're going to be talking about vaccinations. Into the next hour, <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be discussing some uh, eschatology as well. Uh, with uh, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, because we both know that they are the experts. And then in the final half hour of the show, we'll be uh, discussing the finer points of soccer. No, uh, Daniel Horowitz. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Horowitz uh, from Conservative Review will be taking us inside politics coming up at about uh, the bottom of the hour here. Next hour, it's another edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold. We're going to be doing something just a little bit different since it's just Todd and I here today. Hope uh, hope you'll be joining us for that and looking forward to that as well. But uh, we talk every day about the demise and downfall of Western civilization, and that happens, as I said, and I've uh, made that point numerous times, basically every single time we have a montage. And that's a lot uh, to do with the fact that we really don't know our history here in the United States. But what if there was an opportunity to maybe help you learn your history better and maybe your sons, daughters, grandchildren learn their history better? That's why Glenn and some of the bigwigs here at The Blaze have been putting together this cruise through history. Imagine sailing the Mediterranean 
on a ship full of passengers who share your thirst for history and love of country. Gourmet Italian food, great nightlife, and relaxing poolsides on the deck of a ship. It sounds pretty enticing, right? Well, you can join Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, Stu, David Barton, and Rabbi Lepin on a 14-day adventure next spring sailing the eastern Mediterranean, visiting Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Israel, and Athens and Greece to explore the roots of Western civilization. It's called, as I said, the Cruise Through History. You can uh, show your loved ones or yourself this region of the world inspired that inspired our constitutions and our founders to create this grand, vast experiment we call the United States of America. You can visit ComeSailAway.com to learn all of the details. ComeSailAway.com for all of the details for this cruise through history. You will definitely want to check it out. And now, without further ado, it's time for today's edition of What Happened While We Were Away. What Happened While We Were Away brought to you by this. So is all things related to Mitch McConnell recently, so it seems. NBC News released a piece of journalism recently, which traced Senate Majority Leader McConnell's heritage back and found that his great-great-grandfather's owned slaves, to which Mitch McConnell responded, You know, I find myself once again in the same position as President Obama. We both oppose reparations, and we both are the descendants of slaveholders. To which Democrats responded by announcing former Marine fighter pilot Amy McGrath's intentions to challenge McConnell's re-election in 2020. I guess if you're bad at fake fights in Washington, the next logical step is to do some fake fights in Kentucky, where Mitch McConnell won his sixth term in 2014 with 56% of the vote. Moving on, President Trump spoke out yesterday about the arrest and indictment of billionaire Jeffrey Epstein on sex trafficking charges. Well, I knew him like everybody in Palm Beach knew him. I mean, people in Palm Beach knew him. He was a fixture in Palm Beach. Uh, I had a falling out with him a long time ago. I don't think I've spoken to him for 15 years. Uh, I wasn't a fan. I was not, yeah, a long time ago. I'd say maybe 15 years. Uh, I was not a fan of his. Joe Biden offered his thoughts on incarceration. ACLU has a roadmap for cutting incarceration by 50% through reforms that have been endorsed by both the right and the left, including four other presidential candidates. And many conservatives. Let me show do you, you commit to cutting incarceration by 50% if elected? We can do it more than that. I have no idea what the context of the following video is, but I think you'll want to see it. Speaker Pelosi. All right, Mr. Schumer. Thank you, Mr. Leader. Thank you, Mr. Leader. That was a good clap. <laughs> that was um, a real clap. <laughs> U.S. Women's National Team superstar Megan Rapinoe has been on the media circuit following her team's victory at the FIFA Women's World Cup. Do you plan on going to Washington in one, one way or another? Yes, definitely. Um, and I think even just the conversations with the teammates that I've had, I think everyone is interested in going to Washington. I think we've always been interested in going to Washington. Um, this is such a special moment for us um, and to be able to you know, sort of leverage this movement and talk about the things that we want to talk about and to celebrate like this with um, the leaders of our country is an incredible moment. So yes to AOC, yes to Nancy Pelosi, yes to um, the bipartisan Congress, yes to Chuck Schumer, yes to anyone else that um, wants to invite us and have a real substantive conversation 
um, and that believe in the same things that we believe in. A new report from New Zealand's University of Otago says that the era of sex-based sporting events should come to an end in favor of a, quote, more nuanced approach due to the era of transgenderism. A video recently surfaced of a student at Mearns Academy in Aberdeenshire, Scotland, arguing with his teacher about gender. You're entitled to your opinion. If but I am, then why would you kick me out of class? It's not very inclusive of Can opinion. Can I finish my sentence, please? Not very inclusive. No, I'm sorry, what you were saying was not very inclusive. And this is an inclusive school. Yeah, how was what I was saying? Because I was saying that the problem with the website is that there are more than one gender in well, this country. That's your one. opinion. That is my opinion. And that is an opinion which is acceptable in the school. I'm afraid yours, which you're saying that there's no such thing as anyone other than male or female, is not inclusive. Scientifically, there are just two genders. Depending on what I get, I get agenda that. You, you are choosing to make an issue of this because I said, "Are you really going to go?" That was your opportunity to, to, to keep quiet. You made the issue with it on the website. You said, "Oh, this website doesn't have more than two Murray, You were clearly given an opportunity not to pursue it. You chose to do so. Yeah, because I think it's. You silly. chose to do so. Yes, that's the key question. You chose to do so. I think it's silly to have anything other than two genders. So that okay. Anything could you else? Please, is a could you please keep that opinion? to your own house. According to the Evening Standard, that student is no longer allowed to attend the school. Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, recently bragged about blocking pro-life ads ahead of Ireland's recent referendum on abortion. For example, you know, we had an issue in, um, this is not an American example, but we had an issue in Ireland um, in the last year there was a referendum um, on on abortion. And during that election leading up to that referendum, uh, a bunch of uh, pro-life American groups advertised in this Irish, leading up to this Irish election um, to, to try to influence public opinion there. And we went to the Irish and, and, and asked uh, folks there, say, well, how do you want us to handle this? You have no laws on the books that are relevant um, for whether we should be allowing this kind of speech in your election. And really, this doesn't feel like the kind of thing that a private company should be making a decision on. Um, and their, their response at the time was, you know, we don't currently have a law, so you need to, you know, make whatever decision you want to make. We ended up not allowing the ads. And finally, a suspect who was fleeing a felony warrant for their arrest in Kansas City, Missouri recently, issued forth a loud, large farce, which gave his location away to law enforcement. Now, that's funny, but that's not the real story. The real story is that numerous media outlets missed the opportunity for a far more fitting headline like, Flatulence foils felons fearless fleet from the fuzz. Just a suggestion. And that's what happened while we were away. Todd, I don't know about you, but I think the real biggest sign of the downfall of what we would call enemy media right now is just the low-hanging fruit like that. Like, okay, you're going to be biased, especially at the national level. You're going to be overtly biased against one sort of uh, one sort of opinion or anything that doesn't fit inside your Overton window. But when you have a journalism industry as a whole, and I'm sorry, journalism industry as a whole, who doesn't even get the low-hanging fruit like that, I mean, that that says more, I think, than almost any, any website, any wet dream of click-servitism about CNN, uh, anti-CNN memes. That says more about journalism right there, I'm being very sarcastic, than I think anything else, Todd. Well, when, when you have journalism filled with the likes 
of uh, Zuckerberg right before that. Yeah. Did that? These are not dumb people in terms of you know gray matter synapses firing. Oh no, they're they're. I mean, this is the generation of really really smart stupid people. So yeah, along those lines, and to to get to your point, did did I did I understand that correctly? That he was saying. He was trying to come across as benevolent that I just want to make sure all of our ducks Dr. are in a row. Yeah. Um, yep. What are your laws on free speech? He was, basic- he was he, I think, uh, well, it's obvious because you said at the very end there that uh, Facebook did not allow those ads. But I think he was essentially trying to go to the Irish government by say, and say, uh, hey, I basically need you to be my scapegoat. Uh, do you have any laws that can, right. that I can basically cover my backside with? And uh, the Irish government said, no, uh, do as you see fit. And uh, he was like, yeah, we're not running those ads. So that's, you know, that's part and, that's part and parcel to, uh, to, to I, I guess, the more serious conversation here about what what is actually, I mean, they are definitely at that point. I mean, he just admitted publicly that they are a publisher because they were left up to their own devices yes. to decide what uh, what could and could not be seen. And they said, well, it's you know, ethical. We don't want to get involved with somebody else's e- elections while at the same time, you know, if you want to go down that road, I mean, come on. Come on now. You were able somehow, you were able somehow to snuff out pro-life ads ahead of Ireland's abortion referendum. You were able to snuff that out, but you couldn't snuff out all of the Russian bots, all of those accounts, all of, you know, all of those stories that we've seen come out over the last three years. You want to tell me that you weren't able to? Yeah, that's uh, that's um, that's the Nipsey Russell Right. Um, that's that. Well, there you go. And there's another great way of making this point. When your eye is so not on the ball of what is actual journalism and is constantly obsessed with various forms of fetishism, you, you, you won't you will be a joke on so many other levels. And as I pointed out to my former colleagues at the Des Moines Register, much to uh, uh, their uh, irritation until they finally got rid of me, they, they, they just, they, they don't care. The, the cultism uh, that we have talked about on this show is, uh, I mean, they're up to their eyeballs at the Des Moines Register uh, in, in journalism in general, their level of belief. I mean, we, it 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 puts the Christian church's uh, level of uh, faith and hope and love uh, in terms of their bizarre world versions it to shame. They're not that powerful, uh, quite frankly, except in the relative sense of how weak the churches have become in terms of our testimony, our sense of the good, the true, and the beautiful, and what we will do uh, to fight for them. And so, yeah, look, right back to where when we just sit there and watch. Uh, you, Aaron's right. It, it, they can't even get that right. Yet we are still losing to these guys on a regular basis. And, you know, don't don't hold up Trump or anything like that or, or a Republican Congress or even Republican seats that are taking over uh, state houses and things like that. Uh, because that is a, those are actual Pyrrhic victories. They keep lulling us into this constant sense of somehow we're winning. And nothing close to the truth like that um, is something that can be embraced by anybody who wants to be a grown-up. 
Yeah, and these, uh, you know, the first story in this is is related as well. Uh, yesterday we were talking about what we wanted to talk about on uh, on overtime. The you know the the the, uh, the program that we tape in addition for our subscribers here on Blaze TV, in addition to you know this this main show that we do. And uh, one of the things that I talked about, I just kind of threw it out there was was the Mitch McConnell story. I'm like, what what more is there to say about the media at this point? There's nothing. There's nothing to say more about the media. I mean, they're making they're putting us in a position. Okay, we got to defend Mitch McConnell now. Now, this is a little bit different from, you know, there's a couple of instances, I think it was last summer, where McConnell was being accosted publicly by activists. That's never okay for anybody. I don't care how far left or how far right or how gangster or rhino you are. That's never okay. But it's just, it's the, it, it's the same thing every single time. It's like the media is not interested in any semblance of what we would t- call uh, of what we would call truth or uh, you know fact finding, even something like that, to where they you know if we play their game, we are put in positions where we just have to react to them all the time. That's the only play there is for these games. If we if we react if you know if if we actually uh, take them on, the only game or the only play is just to react to them all the time, which accomplishes absolutely nothing. And that Mitch McConnell story, again, and I hope, uh, for those of you watching that, I hope that the, the video that I, saw, I played side by side, I only wanted to, do, to, um, to actually talk about this issue if I could underscore how stupid and how trivial it actually is. And I hope that video that I played side by side actually accomplished that for you. Now, speaking of uh, playing games, the Megan Rapino clip there, and the story um, a, a little bit later in the montage, the video of that teacher in Aberdeenshire, Scotland, who is arguing with one of his students uh, about gender. That's really the same story, isn't it, Todd? Rapino's like, yeah, I'm willing to have an open dialogue with anybody, bipartisan, AOC, Chuck Schumer, a bunch of Democrats, doesn't mention one Republican. Um, I'm, I'm willing to have a bipartisan discussion, an open discussion, a substantive debate in Washington, D.C., using my platform as long as you agree with my values. Yes, she actually said bipartisan in there. Yeah, she said bipartisan, as long as you agree with my values. Um, and, then, and, then, and then the teacher in, in Scotland. I, I probably should have put that one first. Because we have this perception when we see things from overseas. Ah, that's overseas. They're crazy. They're not jobs. That's Europe. Uh, no, it's really the same story. That teacher in that clip that we that we played for you, and it goes on and on, and it's basically the same thing. Uh, that teacher in that clip who says you're entitled to your opinion, uh, but not here because it's not the one that we approve of and the school system approves of, and uh, that's why I kicked you out of class. And you saw the, the student just call him on his BS yeah. just over and over again. And it keeps happening in the rest of that video as well. But it's the same, it's the same thing as Megan Rapino. <laughs> Those people, Todd, and you would know this better than I would, uh, working with – and I hear some of the stories of, of, of your school, of the school district that your daughters are in as well. It's not just limited to that. These people are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But that's just the example that popped into my head. You would know this better than, than I would, better than probably a lot of people listening to us would. Those people walk amongst us. And there are very few, very few people like that student who just sits back. Yeah, that, that's BS. Yeah. That's oh. BS. That's BS. And the horse you rode in in on, 
That's the reason why those people yes. feel so emboldened is because there are very few, very few people like that student who are willing to just like, I don't give a bleep. I'm just going to call you on your BS and uh, have a nice day. That, and that, well, you're, you're going right where I went that, about the complicity of the church. You're, now you're talking about the complicity of the, the everyman and people see what happens when uh, people start taking target practice and they just get out of the way. It's funny. You said these, all, these stories are all the same thing. St- Aaron, everything is the same thing these days. Just to go back to make that point with the uh, McConnell issue, I mean, good grief. Him being accused, uh, his family having once owned slaves, how many people does that apply to in Congress currently that are Democrats? (laughs) I mean, what? And what, and it's such a stupid. Line how many people? Of, it's in such the, a stupid line of attack. What what party affiliation do you well, think his great great grandfather was? I'm I'm serious. What party? Probably affiliation? a Democrat. How many people in that newsroom that decided this was a worthy story? If they go back, have what is their point? They don't. They really don't have one other than the tribalism that means you must burn in order for me to survive. And so, yeah, and, and Rapino here, the, 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 in the same breath that we are talking about equal pay, equal pay, equal pay for women's soccer, these scientific studies are going on that say we should get, wind, get rid of gender-based sports. This is a level of madness, once again, is, is unsustainable. Handing it off to our children is, is going to be be a disaster uh because uh yes of course the student is all of us in and look at that guy look at that teacher the fact you wouldn't that looks like archie bunker and he's been worked over so badly that he said he he will fight to the death that there are more than two genders which means that you you have to fight back at some level. You cannot wait for the teenager in Glasgow to take care of it. You have got to do it in your own backyard. And you just can't look around and say, where's the, where's the guy who likes to always run into the burning building and I'm just going to constantly run on this? No, no, it has to be. The, I'm that guy and we can only do so much. Steve's that guy. Aaron's that guy. We can only do so much, whether we have a show or not. You have got to beat these people. Otherwise, Megan Rapino won't just be a fool. Now she's at her, her she's at her parade saying, "Hey, you, you New, York, you, you New Yorkers are such a mfer, uh, great people, or something like that." This is the example uh, that our daughters and our sons are seeing. And unless we have an alternative for them that we will fight for without apology, your sons and daughters will sooner or later sound like those fools too. Yeah, yeah, and. We we cover this, and that's last last Tuesday is when we taped our our Independence Day special show, um, and the day before that was when I started prepping, and I'm like, you know what uh, what am I gonna do? I, what am I gonna do for this montage that I kind of want to be evergreen, so we can maybe use the show again? What what am I gonna do for this mont? I can't it can't be current news. So I thought, you know what? I'll just take a big picture look at where America is right now, and I'll maybe just you know grab some pull quotes from a nefarious plot, and you know that's what I do. That's what we do every single day. That the montage is just the downfall of Western civilization. So I'll read the Declaration of Independence, and it is fascinating how quickly, um, how how quickly people of of good faith, you know, celebrate 
Independence Day last last week and last weekend and marvel at the uh, awe of America in, in one way or the other. And then they go on about their business, um, you know, uh, go on about their business at not actually understanding what it was, what it, what it was that we celebrated. And this is, um, as we talked about last week, Todd, reading through the Declaration of Independence and the airing of grievances, if we will, against King George, it is everything that we face right now. But the sad part about this is, is what, is what we just talked about. You know, it, we may not be in the position of, of taking up muskets yet. Could we at least speak up? Could we, you know, at least uh, say something? May, could we at least call BS when, and, and have a little bit of courage to call BS when it needs to be called? That is, that is the real sad. And that's, that's the part about this where, um, where I, you know, is this, is this a country worth saving? And yes, I feel, still think it is. It's still a culture worth, at least as long as we can, at least attempting to, to save. But when there are so many, um, so many friends uh, or people who would call you friends or call us friends who are either by hook or either uh, implicitly or explicitly uh, aiding and abetting this decline into madness that is progressivism and spirit of the age, uh, you know, cultist progressivism. I've had I've had this conversation. I don't know about you, Todd, a, a few times over the weekend that if it were not for my Christian faith, it would be so easy to just say, all right, culture, have it your way. Uh, you, you, you know, have it your way, Burger King, uh, and see how this goes for you. Because it is, uh, again, extremely, extremely frustrating to, especially, you know, in this time that, like I just said, we just celebrated Independence Day, just got done reading the Declaration of Independence, and yet we see these really, uh, these people like Rapino, we see these people uh, in the media that run stories about, we see them winning and yet it would be so easy to just call their bluff, but nobody does that because we don't have whatever it takes, whether it's because of cowardice, whether it's because we're all compromised morally ourselves. We all have read in our ledgers to some degrees, but it's just the cowardice, Todd, that really is, I think, the most depressing thing about following this on a day-to-day basis because these people could be stood up to very easily because they have no recourse um, whether it's uh, philosophically or scientifically, most of the time, uh, they have no uh, leg to stand on as far as those things go. But we just keep letting it slide. Why is that? Well, I mean, you've alluded to it with the comfort that we're addicted to. You know, my gated community theory. Uh, we we just have too many outlets of escape. Uh, there's always been some version of uh, escape. Um, but not to the level. I mean, this this is what dystopian novels are written about. Really, we're, we're we are in the middle of a very very comfortable dystopia, because as long as we can check our entertainment boxes at at the end of the day, and look, we have Pop Culture Tuesday, and we like our sports and our movie, fine. But they are very much our idols, far more than any of us care to admit. I've said, you know, Steve, here's the difference between him liking video games and uh, football and movies as much as he does with most other people. He he gives every bit as much time, if not more, uh, to his family, to theology, uh, to uh, philosophy and political science. Uh, He so. 
he's a renaissance man most people aren't they are just like no get me to the next uh ball game that's all i cared about it is clearly their faith and we we can't, this is not and it's and all of the great the, the great thinkers throughout american history have in one way or another uh alluded to this you you know you you read your uh, de tocqueville about what make americans uh unique you talk about the founders and it's said out loud by many people besides us you know it, it, there's no way the founding fathers would have thought we would so willingly trade away uh our liberty uh, for uh, the comforts that we trade them in. And as, as long as we put none of that in jeopardy, and one of those comforts is our reputation, what everybody thinks about us. We are a bunch of uh, teenage girls, and I know something about teenage girls, walking around the middle school wondering, am I popular? Am I liked? Am Re- I pretty? Yeah, it, it is. It, it is noxious, and it is a road to nowhere. Yep, that's well said. Coming up into the next segment, uh, we'll be joined by uh, Daniel Horowitz of Conservative Review. We'll uh, we'll talk about the border. We, we've been hearing this, and I, I don't know about you, Todd. I've been seeing this lots uh, lots of places in conservative media, uh, and I, I've seen the president say this multiple times um, that the uh, the deal with Mexico and what Mexico is doing to supposedly help secure our border. Is actually working. We'll talk with Daniel Horowitz about that coming up into the next segment. Uh, I mean, Donald Trump has said this multiple times over the last three weeks that uh, that uh, Mexico is doing more to secure our border than the Democrats. Now, that's not saying a whole lot, but I think that's actually true. We'll see how true that actually is with Daniel Horowitz coming up into the next segment on the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV, radio, podcast, video on demand, all that good stuff. We'll have more after this. It is the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV Radio Podcast and later on demand as well. Steve is out again today. He's a little bit under the weather, so Todd and I, Todd is Steve's editor uh we are filling in for him today and we're joined now by daniel horitz of conservative review taking us inside politics daniel how are you doing sir we're doing all right i guess when the cat's away the mice shall play <laughs> yeah i mean we've we've been trying to get our pot shots at him uh, in at him all time it's it's a little bit more fun to make fun of steve uh when he's actually here uh i i don't know it just feels i don't know about you todd it just feels a little empty doing it behind his back uh, because you know, we, Steve, Steve is a passionate guy. And so if you really get, you know, if you really push his buttons, well, you'll get a pretty good reaction and it is kind of fun sometimes. Um, and you know, at, at, until he threatens to fire you and, and, and then, and then you laugh even more because he's not going to do it. Yeah. If he's going to be scared of bumblebees, I want him here in the room when I laugh at that. Yeah. That, absolutely. Yeah. So Daniel, um, last time we talked to you, that was about uh, two weeks ago, and that was in the middle of the phony uh, Senate versus House bills on uh, immigration, fixed none of the problems. It was uh, various shades of either, uh, you know, it's it was basically poop or poop with corns in it, as far as I'm aware. Uh, with uh, you know, with the House versus the Senate bills, and it looks like we just lost Daniel as well. Um, and that was uh, that was a fake fight, at least as I understood it. And uh, something happened, but nothing really happened. And that would be Daniel as well calling back. Um, you know if that that bill, Todd, was 
um, you know, Fifty Shades of Fake. How many things are you say. juggling over there, Aaron? Uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to talk, form coherent sentences, diagnose issues with Skype, and answer Skype phone calls all, the th- all at the same time. Don't say I'm not a man of many talents. I'm giving it all she's got, Captain! But I think we've got Daniel back with us now. Please clap. And, uh, Daniel, yes, thank you very much, Ron. Uh, th- Daniel, I was just talking about uh, the last time we had you on. We were in the middle of this fake yep. fight with uh, with the bills, the, the dueling bills between the Senate and the House versions. Um, nothing really legislatively has been changed, uh, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Now, I have been seeing this conservative trend of saying, hey, uh, border uh, apprehensions are down since Mexico has gotten involved. President Trump has said uh, multiple times now I've seen that Mexico is doing more to secure the border than the Democrats. Now, I happen to think that, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, that doesn't really say a whole lot, but it's probably true. It just doesn't say very much at all. What is happening on the border? Is this narrative that the Mexicans helping us, is that actually true? Is Are, are, are detentions actually going down? So that's an excellent question, and I think it's important to explore it not just from a border sovereignty perspective, but from a global political perspective, because this is a teachable moment in how the conservative Teletubbies operate and plug in any issue. It could be a social issue. It could be fiscal issue. It could be health care. It could be debt. How the left successfully moves the Overton window of what we will tolerate, what's acceptable so far to the left that it it, it just – ruins our entire thermometer political barometer and then yeah. we think like okay only one family member has to get a sex change operation not two so somehow it's progress um let me put it to your listeners in this perspective when the president came down that escalator on june 15th 2015 and announced his presidency he said america has turned into a dumping ground for the world's criminals and you know what he was right But at that moment in time, we had 38,000 apprehensions at the border. Okay. A year earlier, when we had the surge of Central Americans in the summer of 2014, uh, Trump tweeted out something like, hey, we have an incompetent president and we need new leadership fast. That's when the numbers were about 48,000. What happened was Trump took office and just the perception that he would actually, you know, enforce existing immigration law made numbers plummet to the teens. Mm-hmm. It was it was the lowest in a long time. Yep. But then he started talking about DACA. He had some court rulings, started getting weak. The perception, you know, the the smugglers and cartels found out things were changing. And it started going up. And it was still it wasn't high historically, but I said, wait a minute, that's concerning. And we started seeing a little bit more at the Central American families, which was unusual, not the single adults. And I warned about it in the summer and fall of 2017 into the winter of 2018 every month it's going up it's going up every month up 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 then it reached a crisis point last summer when a judge said that the laws don't apply to um you can't prosecute illegal invaders because it will result in them being separated from their kids and even though american criminals you know like that's just a consequence they get separated but but these people are better human beings than us so there's different set of laws for them uh, so then that really blew this wide open. And then it just – just the end of 2018 into 2019, up, 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 up. And every month we're like, this is unfathomable. It it wasn't just the raw, the overall numbers but the record numbers of family units and kids because that's really what strains them and the way they have to deal with them. 
And every month, oh my gosh, January, February, March, April, it can't get higher. And finally, we got to, I mean, it was April, we're at about 58,000 family units and about 107,000 total. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. In comes May, and it went to something like 140,000. Right. So what happened was with each thing, it create, everyone thought that was the new baseline. So, and I'm sorry for taking a while, but let me just sum up. So with June, it receded back to April levels of about 105,000 total, 57,000 family units, which is two months above the level that Trump declared an emergency for in February. Who's to say that May was the new baseline? I mean, like any market trend, mm-hmm. it, you have oscillations. It's not necessarily even going down. It's just an oscillation that you know you happen to have a lot of very, very large groups that came in at once in May. And then also, obviously, everyone knows that historically from May to June with the hot weather, the numbers go down from wherever they were. So that's where we are now. And if we are going to be okay – with the March-April levels? Are you kidding me? When Trump called it a dumping ground at 38, 48,000? I mean, this is how we lose perspective on every single issue. Um, it could be that temporarily a certain number of illegals that might have come in June were dissuaded by some of the cosmetic photo ops that the Mexican government were doing. But I'll tell you, the cartels control that country. And in the long run, you are not going to get to pre-Obama levels or even Obama levels by relying on President AMLO. It's just not going to happen. You're just describing the dance between Republican and Democrats for as long as all of us have been talking politics. I mean, you, you describe budgetary matters to a T. You know, the, 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 the requests are super high. Uh, Republicans reel them back in, but it's still an increase. And we talk, Republicans talk as if they are the fiscal responsible ones. I mean, good grief. This is cookie cutter politics, regardless of whether we're talking about immigration or the budget. This is just the dance. We don't have a mooring to a foundational principle and a goal. The left knows what they want, and they will not accept anything less than unconditional surrender. Look at just budget. Do you know that we are spending this year 18% more than under Obama's final year in office? There it is. But, But what it is is the left will always have their next thing. So it moves the Overton window to the left, and Republicans fake fight that next thing while quietly surrendering the first baseline that should have never been surrendered. So now we're at fighting reparations. So Mitch McConnell, as of now, is holding the line on us not paying reparations. But you know, in five, six years, that will be tossed overboard for the next thing. I mean, we have no perspective of what is progress. You look at what the courts are doing to this country. You look at immigration. You look at health care. You look at spending on every level. You might find one day where the Democrats didn't succeed in yet going to the next level. But we are only moving in one direction. Let's go there next. Talking about the the courts. Last week, it was announced the uh, citizen citizenship question on the census uh, that the uh, Trump administration wanted to put on on the census uh, and was uh, blocked uh, temporarily by uh, some sort of uh, injunction or uh, suit. Um, 
essentially now you'll have to you'll have to walk me through this but essentially the trump administration could have very easily if they wanted to just make the case that they need to put it on there uh to the courts and uh they ended up not doing that and uh basically backing down to the courts once more uh we had a judge rule uh, i believe recently that uh, block trump cannot block people on twitter um so in the midst of that in the midst of everything that you just talked about and, and all of these rulings, we, I mean, it's ad nauseum. We've been talking about these stupid judges from the 666th District of Babylon for literally years now. And even more so, it seems like, since the Trump administration has taken over. In the midst of all of this, Daniel, I want to ask you a meta question. What's the point of, what's the point of doing any of this? What's the point of, uh, what's the point of conservative media if we, if we don't have people... Who are just going to who are just going to say to the courts at least at least passive aggressively aggressively say to the courts yeah we're just going to scoot around this what is the point of this nobody nobody I mean can you think of one single person example in the last I don't know two years Daniel where somebody in a position of power and authority in any level of government has told the courts to take a flying leap Have you, can you think of one example? And I, I mean, I'm sure there are some examples, but nothing that's really, I don't know, impactful. No, there aren't. Yeah, impactful at any level. Um, so what is, what's the point of doing all of this other than just getting our uh, anti-CNN meme jollies off and owning the libs? What is the point of any of this at all? If we're not even going to say, at this point, we're not even going to tell Judge that, um, yeah, that who says that, you know, if you're a male, you're going to have to get mandatory uh, gender reassignment surgeries. It, the precedents that we've already allowed to go through already, on what grounds, on what basis would we say, eh, no, we're not going to do that? Repeat after me. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that any district judge could say that will not be regarded as the law of the land. There is nothing they could do, irrespective of the Constitution, the statute, precedent, rules of standing, that will be regarded as out of bounds. There is nothing a district judge cannot do. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um, there is no point to having an election. I mean, let Trump could have the best re-election. Republicans could win back the House. And yeah. let's forget the fact that Republicans themselves are subversive when they have control. But let's say the Republicans politically were kind of good and would do good things, albeit would not fight back against the courts. That's where it's all at. If you do it, we have a country. If you don't, it doesn't matter. You could have all the aforementioned auspicious electoral uh, results and it will not matter because because of what you just said in fact the only reason we don't see the courts even more of a problem is because republicans suck and they don't do too many good things but the few good things either trump tries to do administratively or some state republican state legislatures try to do an abortion immediately done we we have one one branch of government now what some of the teletubbies will will tell you is that yeah you're right the only purpose to electing Republicans is because then they get to pick who the judges are. Now, look, that in itself is, is an embarrassing indictment of our body politic and where we've, we've uh, landed. But here's where they're wrong, and, and here's where all these cases that you mentioned this week disprove that. What people don't realize is that before Trump came to office – you had a super-duper majority of nutcases on the courts. So every Democrat appointee is a nut. And two-thirds to three-quarters of the Republican ones are. And even if they wouldn't initiate those opinions, they're not going to rein in the opinions of the nuts at the lower level. 
Um, you saw that yesterday, the Twitter opinion that I have a right to force you to give me access to your Twitter account is um, th those were two GOP, two George W. Bush appointees to the Second Circuit. So what people don't realize is they have a supermajority. Now, all these questions, census, immigration, abortion, um, access to Trump's Twitter account, uh, Trump's right to swap out lawyers in the middle of a case, um, right to a press badge, Jim Acosta to get a press. All these are national in scope. So let's say you succeed in making the Fifth Circuit better, the Seventh Circuit better. All they need to do is go to the areas that they have, which they will have for a generation, even if Trump yep. gets a second term, and you're done. You're done. This is what people don't realize. But now we thought that the Supreme Court would just you know, tacitly allow it to stand. Now they're actually even agreeing with some of the lower courts, like you see from Roberts with the census case. So let me just tell you, nothing, nothing matters in our republic. Whatever your issue is, fiscal, social, sovereignty, security, nothing matters until we confront this one question as a nation. Do we have one branch of government that sits atop the food chain as the sole and final arbiter of every political question, or do we have three co-equal branches to interpret the Constitution and implement their powers, albeit with the courts having the weakest avenue to get involved and the other two branches a much stronger avenue? Until that question is resolved, none of what we do for a living matters. And I... This uh, Twitter thing with Trump, I have a, a, a different opinion on the, the specifics of it, but as it applies to everything else and your larger point of accountability, Daniel, that's what's so frustrating. If the people making this uh, legal rendering followed this precedent through to any number of issues— they would be saying there's a reason this whether Twitter's a private company it's being used to do public business and therefore it is accountable to we the people because this government is ours but I, I don't know the specificity of the argument but boil down to its essence that's in there that's how you explain this yet where is that in every other rendering when that which is ours is usurped by the oligarchy du jour I mean I think that's fundamental Th this one story where whether you agree in the specifics and we can get into the nuances at a different time, but this could be used to make so many of your points in you. This government is ours, yet they that there's one of the reasons you say why we are never going to get anywhere on this is because there really is no philosophical underpinning to anything that they're doing there. It's a one-way street and a dead end. It's all outcomes-based. You see this all yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, when, when Arizona wanted to merely complement federal immigration law they said the feds have so much control that you can't get involved okay fine now we come to here the feds want to enforce immigration law and states want to subvert it what screw you 10th amendment to states could do whatever they want it's exhausting I mean, and, and and that's the same thing the judges yesterday said so you would think look if trump's personal twitter account is public property and like governmental like foyable communications then you would think then certainly the tw whole twitter sphere is at large their ability to bet and mess exactly conservatives. Yep. but no the judges explicitly said oh well, we're not saying that you know that we have to save that for another day which i guarantee you they won't do and um it's all about trump i mean it's all outcomes based and that's that's my thing let me just plug this equation in for you best case scenario in this election they went back to senate trump's reelected they went back to house trump's reelected Nothing will ever be passed. 
in the Senate, right? We agree to that. They're never going to get 60 votes. So you're left with things that Trump could do lawfully executively. No, the courts say you can't do that. Okay, well, then you're left with the things that he's merely just countermanding something that Obama did. Okay, nothing new, just garbage in, garbage out. No, there's about 50, 60 examples of where a court said what Obama did is now the law. Okay. I think we well, maybe have 30 seconds, Daniel. Yeah. Well, at least if it's not a regulation change, at least maybe you could overturn a directive or a memorandum. No, the lawyers in the administration don't want to do it because of the courts. I ask your listeners, what is the point? What is the point? And that's the question. Um, other than, you know, uh, basically just getting our jollies off owning the libs, which is fun, uh, but it doesn't really stop the, all, at best, oligarchy that we've got going on that you just described. Daniel Horowitz uh, from Conservative Review. Thanks, Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it, Take as care. always. See you guys later. Um, we come back, we'll, uh, we'll have some final thoughts on what we just heard from Daniel Horowitz. And uh, it's, it's funny, Todd. Every week, you know, it's, it's, it's depressing. You know, it, it beats going down, as we always say, it beats going down a mine shaft with a flashlight. But it's, it's depressing. But he's, it's a fun job. This job yeah. is a really fun job. And then Daniel comes on, and it's like, uh, my life has no meaning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, it's, it's, it, is, it is depressing, though, because no matter who we elect, no matter the best people we elect, as long as they're not willing to stand up to the courts, nothing matters. And we keep seeing that over and over again, and it just keeps going. And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV, radio podcast, video on demand, all of those wonderful platforms, wherever you're listening to us or watching us. Uh, If you could, um, do us a favor. This really does help us out here on the show. And uh, we are are really uh, quite, uh, I I, I cannot say this more genuinely, we are blessed to be a, a part of the Blaze and Blaze TV. And we really want to keep doing this as as long as we possibly can, as long as the Lord somehow, through our um, our our broken and feeble attempts to do so, is using us. And we do hear stories from people how it's obvious that somehow God is using all three of us on this show uh, to make an impact in in various ways. And we want to keep doing that. One of the ways you can help us keep doing that. Well, one you can. Uh, buy a subscription to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash days. Another way, uh, if uh, if that's maybe not a way you want to do that, is you can leave us a positive rating on your podcast application of choice, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you can do that. Leave us a five-star review. Don't lie. If you don't think we're worth five stars, then um, just why are you listening to us? But if you do think we're five, worth five stars, please take the time to, to leave a review uh, we've we've heard from so many of you who have already done that, and it really does make a difference. I've seen a few times now. We're starting to get to the point, Todd. Uh, it's kind of cool. I'll check in on uh, iTunes sometimes, and uh, there's a what's hot. I think it must be like a trending category, and sometimes we'll be in there. Our show will be in there, and it's kind of cool to see, and that's a direct result of you. So as many times 
uh, as you possibly can, leave a rating on on the podcast. That would be very, very much appreciated and really helps us out. Go like us on Facebook uh, 69 times. That would be uh, very helpful as well, or 70 or 71 times. Uh, that that would you know help us. You, you have to like us that many times because Facebook doesn't like us, as, as Steve likes to say. But that's another way you can keep in contact with the show. You can follow me at Dace Producer on Twitter, uh, Todd at Dace Online on Twitter as well. So, Todd, I don't know about you. I know you probably get up all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed every morning, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. What, what time do you get up? I'm a gamer. What time do you get up? I usually get up, oh, I don't know, anytime between 6 and 6.30. Yeah, that's what I try to get up as well. I'm not bright-eyed and bushy, bushy-tailed. I'm, I'm a, the exact opposite. I felt so bad. My old job uh, up in the Twin Cities uh, working for the Faith Radio Network, I was the producer for the morning show. Uh, so I had to be there between 4.30 and 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning person at all, but that was my gig, and that was the way I got my foot in the door, so I did it. Um, but the other assistant producer for the show, he was a morning person, and he was like 20 or 30 years older than me, and he tended to think that millennials were stupid little idiots anyway, but he was still really nice in the morning, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And man, the number of... T- if I had a dollar for every time he came in to my office and said, Hey, Sparky! At 4.45 in the morning, and I just looked at him or glared at him, and I told him to shut up, I would have a lot of dollars. Um, If you have a tendency to be like me, and I know there are a lot of people, maybe not to that degree, but just really sluggish to begin the morning, Brickhouse has a product for you. It's called Dawn to Dusk. It is an extended energy release. It really helps you get the day started off right. It helps you, uh, you know, uh, get a lot of uh, energy throughout the rest of your day, especially if you're starting to feel sluggish. You can take it in the morning or like a lot of people do, you can take it in the middle of the day as well. If you're looking to solve this common problem I just described, a team of top physicians gathered to form Brickhouse Nutrition and develop today's most advanced formula to stimulate more than just your heart. It'll stimulate your brain and cells as well. It's called Dawn to Dusk, as I just said. Provides clean energy, focus, and improved mood for up to 10 hours. No jitters. That's an important part. No afternoon crash, no calories, and really importantly, no sugar as well. With Dawn to Dusk, there's no need to be anxious when your coffee mug is empty. While others leave the office for their overpriced refill, you can just get away with uh, getting things done. You can give this a try. Visit BrickHouseSteve.com, BrickHouseSteve.com, so you can get to your bottle of this groundbreaking formula. And when you use the promo code Steve, you can get 15% off your first order. There's nothing to lose and a world of productivity to gain. BrickHouseSteve.com. Use promo code Steve. So, Todd, uh, to begin this, we're, we'll play uh, buy, sell, hold here in just a little while. To begin this um, hour, though, I want to talk about what uh, we just heard from Daniel. It's how many times have we done this show? I mean, it's 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 over and over and over again. And to kind of set up where I want to go with this, Todd, rem- remember a few few months ago when we were in the middle of the government shutdown over immigration, Trump said it was a national emergency on the border and then proceeded to do basically nothing about it. Um, if you, you remember that conversation we had with Josh Hammer of the Daily Wire, when we were begging Trump to essentially do what we've been begging him to do many, many times, which is uh, defy the courts, 
And when we had Josh Hammer from the Daily Wire on, who served, I think, I can't remember the position he served at, but he served on, uh, I think, a U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But he served at a high court. He clerked. Thank you very much. Um, And we actually walked through, Todd, what it would look like if Trump actually defied a court. Because it's like uh, it's like the dog chasing the cars. The Joker says doesn't know what to do, you know. Uh, when he catches it, he doesn't know what to do what to what to do with it next. Uh, so it was a fun conversation to think about. Hey, let's actually take this to its logical logical conclusion. How would this work? How would how would Trump enforce this? I'm at the point now, and this goes back to the conversation we opened the show with. I'm at the point now. And this is really nihilistic, Todd. And I want you to tell me that I'm wrong. I don't even think it would matter. Even if we did have a president, a governor somewhere, who had the balls to stand up to the state Supreme Court, to the actual U.S. Supreme Court. I don't think it would matter even if they did that. Because the people we put in office, and by extension, the people who are confirmed in non-voting positions, the people who are confirmed in office, are reflections of us. What was the conversation we just had at the beginning of the show? How many of us are there? How many people are out there who are like that student in, in Scotland, just calling BS? There's not very many. And my point is that even if we did, even if we did have somebody in a position of power and authority... To, take, to tell the courts to take a, a, a flying leap. It is so, in, the, the cowardice and the courts have spoken is so ingrained into our culture and to each and every one of us that I don't even think that a president could get, could get people under him who serve at his pleasure to actually enforce, enforce going against a, a court, no matter what that looks like. I, I want you to tell me that I'm wrong, Todd, but I don't think even if, again, we had somebody who would actually stand up to the courts just because of how broken we are as a people, I don't even know if we could get uh, an enforcement of, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, of a, you know, of repudiation of the courts, if that makes sense. Tell me I'm wrong. No, because uh, raw emotion is usually what dictates people, uh even the, the smartest people, uh, and then they they take they use their intelligence to justify their emotion around any one thing. Uh, if we were a re- genuinely a reasonable people, and that's one of the jokes about the the people of the left are the people of reason and science. Well, the contradictions are more glaring. We just got done talking about them with Danny Horowitz at the end. There, you you can't pin anybody to the wall because they don't care about reason. They will slough it off. They'll take temporary embarrassment, but they will plow ahead. They will not be shamed into having a consistent value or standard other than just itching what scratches them. I mean, we are watching Megan Rapinoe. Megan Rapinoe happens to be on the soccer team, but there's countless people like her in the government, to your point, Aaron. And they, if their emotion... His primary, well, that seems extreme, and I, I really don't want to be in the spotlight, and can't we all get along and something like that? That's an emotion, too. And no, if no, you can be reasonable. When has that worked? How is that working? How is that making the courts more humble? And, they, just, yeah, uh, and so, uh, 
you're it's it is it's an experiment i still want to see aaron yeah yeah it would be yeah. uh but no you're not wrong it's it, it we are left again this how many times have we done this because we have this conversation after we have the conversation with daniel about well it's it's you know daniel tells us everything's screwed and then we figure out a way to make it so that we're even screwed more than what we thought we were and so we're always left at the same place every single time it's revival or bust. Every time the prophet of lamentation comes on here, um, that would be the natural order of things. It's revival or bust. Because we will not, we, we, it's not that we won't, it's that we cannot defy tyranny without the divine intervention and the divine conviction that we just celebrated on Independence Day last week that we heard from in, in the speech from, from John Adams. We, it's not that we won't. It's that we are not capable of it. And when you look at, uh, uh, pick, your, pick your progressive dish du jour every day that we talk about on the show. When we, can't even, when we don't even have the fortitude uh, to speak up against that, a, a lot of people anyway, um, we, we need a divine intervention. And as we've, we've talked about before, and I get asked this question sometimes from, from the same people over and over again. Well, what does revival look like? And my usual pat answer is uh, it looks like uh, Aaron. It looks like Todd. It looks like Steve. It looks like whoever, John, listening to the show. It looks like you slaying sin in your life first. But Steve, I think, takes it back one step further, which I appreciated when, when I asked this question a few months ago. It starts with, really, you're not going to be convicted of your, of your sin without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so we are literally in need of, an, of a miracle. We are in need of divine intervention because a revival can't start at the personal level without a divine intervention. So that's where we're at every single time after Daniel's on. It's depressing, but there is some comfort, I think, Todd, in at least uh, knowing, knowing where we are, knowing where we stand. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold the weekly show where uh, usually it's Steve and Todd um, react to a, a series of propositions that you and the audience usually uh, give and suggest to me on Twitter. Uh, the bolder, the better, as as it's uh, as it always goes. You react, um, you know, buy if you uh, if, if you agree with the sen- sentiment or statement. Sell if you disagree, or hold if it's just terrible, or you really just don't know. You can only use one of those per show. We're going to do something a little bit different this time around, Todd. We're going to take turns going first, sharing whether we buy, sell, or hold first. So, like for the first one, I'll say I either buy or sell. If I sell the proposition then you have to buy it and you have to explain why. Uh, even if you don't believe it, even if you're not convicted by it, I think it'll just be a little fun exercise uh, for us to think through both sides of whatever's being posited, and I hope it's entertaining for the audience as well. We'll start with uh, Chuck Gregory, who says, To save face, Vice President Biden drops out of the race before the Iowa caucuses for either health reasons or to spend more time with his family. I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to buy that. I think that's a pretty easy buy. I, and that's actually, I think, right to a T health reasons or to spend more time with his family. And I don't, I don't throw that out there flippantly. Uh, 
you know, it could be that he has some health issues come up, but that's usually a fairly pat answer, Todd, for, uh, for, for when these types of things come up where people need to kind of tuck, cut, you know, tuck tail and leave fairly quickly. So I'm totally going to buy that proposition. Well, I, I've, this was on Friday's roundtable. I, I, this was actually my prediction quite a while ago. So you, you, I'm going against, yeah, over, yeah. obviously going against what I've said in the past, but it's still entertaining. Listen, Sal, listen, this is a, how many, a creature of Washington, D.C. for how long? You know, it, it, a guy like that ain't just going to uh, lay down and quit. And what oftentimes these people uh, don't understand until it's too late is is how to fight. They constantly the shell game and triangulation and trying to find the sweet spot. Um, so there, there'll be a time that it'll be too late. But then he'll decide to stand and deliver and try uh, uh, to put it a Humpty Dumpty back together again. And that'll just it'll take more time than the uh, Iowa caucuses. See, I don't even know, Todd, what what Joe Biden with his. And I'm not again, I'm not saying this. I'm not trying to be tongue in cheek or um, I don't know what Joe Biden with his fastball looks like because I grew up. I mean, this is basically what I remember of Joe Biden during the Obama years, which is kind of when I really actually paid attention to him for the first time. I don't remember him being any different than, uh, then than he is now. So I really don't, I don't know what Joe Biden we're no, seeing. Well. Is it the same one that we've seen all along? Is this the same Joe Biden that, that he's been his entire career? Oh yeah. yeah. Now he looks, I mean, he does just look, I mean, he's got a lot of vigor for a man his age, but he's now starting to also show his age uh, look man. like a man his age. But listen, he went out. He's ran for president multiple times. Is he sitting here doing this? If Barack Obama had not tabbed him as the guy would be his conduit uh, to Congress, um, you know, probably not. And even if he did, it wouldn't. I mean, he wouldn't have been the safety school, as I call it, uh, and it'd be more of a joke. Uh, so, but no, he's never been like some great lion uh, i mean and that and look at, uncle joe uh, he was yeah. and that, that name was given to ted kennedy so the the name the term lion also comes pretty cheap in the democrat party <laughs> all right this next one uh, you'll react to this one first todd ben uh, ben castalis says if the mlb implements an electronic strike zone in the next two years todd will go all in on cricket in place of major league baseball oh i am uh i'm selling uh, I'm selling, but I have my outlets. You know, t- I mean, I, I umpire. I'm, I'm going to be umpiring a, a doubleheader tonight. Real baseball, uh, no, no uh, instant replay. Um, it's no, it, it, it's a beautiful game, and I'll find my outlets. Um, and maybe I, I just now as be- as much as I hate instant replay, I, it, it was just added in the NBA. I hear for mm-hmm. a, I, it's. It's. I'm used to these addictions. We just got done talking. We are so addicted to our comforts. People believe. Look at the links that they will. You got to get this right. The the fight that they will have about sports issues and what's going in free agency. Of of course, this is going to happen because these are the things we care about. Instead of remembering, these are supposed to be the games that take us away from it all. We take it with a, a deadly seriousness. In all the wrong ways, and so of course this is going to happen. And but I'm not going to let it take my love of baseball away. Um, I'm gonna. Well, I, I have to buy. So I, I would say, I would say that now there was no time frame on this. 
Tim, Todd will next go all in on cricket in the next two years. Yeah. Okay, I see, I see. Uh, Todd will go in all in on cricket. Well, I will buy because I think once we start replay reviewing uh, balls and strikes, that's just the natural. Let, let's not make any bones about that. Once they do an electronic strike zone, um, balls and strikes will be reviewable. Uh, once we start reviewing balls and strikes, you're going to start to hate it, Todd. You really will. I don't, I don't know if that means going to cricket, but you're going to start looking for other alternatives. Okay, whether it's, I mean, it could be like the XFL version of, of, uh, of Major League Baseball. Of course, there's tons of rings of minor leagues. I think you're going to start looking for something else because I think, I, I mean, this is, this is a pox on, this would be a pox on your house, I believe. Yes, I hate everything. Uh, Blake Johnson says, Todd and Aaron are the true stars of the Steve Day show. <laughs> you go first. Um, yeah, I do go first. Um, well, bye. Bye. <laughs> This is, I mean, we've, we, we've, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things listed under that phrase is Todd and Aaron are the two stars of the Steve Day show. I mean, how many shows, how many shows on the face of the planet, Todd, do you think? Can the host call in like 15 minutes before and, they, and, the, and, the, and his two employees are like, yeah, we can do it. We can do the show. We're, we're good. How many shows are like that? Don't answer that question because now I'm afraid that it might actually make us look bad. But uh, I, I think we really are the true uh, – we, we the real heroes. We the real heroes, Todd. Now you sell. Yeah, pretty much from the beginning. I've just told Dace, you know, just keep those co- coattails flowing. Yep. Proud to ride them. So, yep. uh, yeah, uh, I'm not – here's the thing. Steve has this – you know some of his obsessions – by now yeah yeah. cleaning uh there's other fetishes like that so he it the way he can he can multitask or he's crazy he's preparing for the show in ways of just going through his daily that i couldn't i mean i have a different life i have more outside activities uh than steve and so and then I couldn't do the, what he does the way he does it. My level of prep time for this show, yep, it, it would. I mean, whatever it is, it would be more than what Steve has to do, and he just kind of does it as like breathing oxygen. So, yeah, it got to sell. It's nuts. Um, yeah, it really is nuts, Steve. I, I like I have to physically detach myself, and he does too, and he makes an effort to do that. To detach myself from from twitter and just think about other things think about uh, much more trivial things sometimes to some extent on a on you know any given day but he is so odd and i I don't think people understand this now i i i earn my keep around here but i don't do the same types of things that a lot of producers do um uh, in in this industry a lot of producers and i do this sometimes if he asks me or sometimes if you know, but not to the same extent that a lot of producers do a lot across the industry, which is they research topics yeah. and then they pitch them and then they have all of this resource and material ready to go when the host says, yeah, I want to talk about that. No. So he's like, I know, I know what I want to talk about. We're going to do this, 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 and this. And then pretty much most days for some segment or for some part of a segment or for overtime, that's a collaboration between the three of us. By the way, we need to figure out what we want to do for overtime today. That's another story. But yeah, he is he is very much different. He's always, I mean, 
he is he is uh his brain is always on and it's a little unsettling sometimes but it is uh it is fun to see work uh, most of the time as well uh vincente sanchez says sarah huckabee sanders will sell her bathwater online before steve day show is invited to speak at cpac oh bye i i think in for for good reason uh i think more than with anybody else with the exception of um former um south carolina governor haley uh no uh, nikki haley, nikki haley. Yep. uh i think people think that there were magical properties to her ability to survive that white house as long as she did in the role that she survived it so uh that's a strong buy i think there's some people who want to know what kind of serenity now she's smoking that is well said um wow i have to sell this i have to sell this i just i think i think she is i think she is um in fact i think she is so uh so magical in her abilities that um that she is above selling bathwater online to desperate guys from the internet so i have to sell it for that reason alone now that doesn't mean that steve is going to be that Steve is going to be uh, speaking at CPAC. I just I sold it for other reasons. See what I did there? That was a very clever clever uh, dodge. Uh, Todd Saffel says Aladdin 2019 is better than Aladdin 1992. Sell, sell. Have you seen this one yet? New one? No, but um, I think it's fine. I th- think it's fine. You saw it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a girlfriend. Did now you take again, the gal so, out? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm actually getting out and about a little bit more and watching more movies. But it's, you know, it's fine. But, um, but yeah, it's not, it's not the classic. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to deduce now on the fly if it's just because of the nostalgia for the classic or if it's just better. I think it really, I think the classic actually is better, but I'm trying to figure out why. I'm just going to say, I'm going to put nostalgia on there. It's just better because of nostalgia. I thought the new one was just fine. I thought it was just fine. Um, but I think the, the old one is better. So I'm selling. Uh, I am buying uh, based on what I've heard from my wife and three of my four daughters have seen it. And uh, and they've, you know, they've seen all of the the remakes. And they uh, in the case of Beauty and the Beast, um, not as good. But this one they thought was really, really well done. And they've also seen the um, theater production uh, of Aladdin. Uh, as well so they came out of this uh thinking that it was a um an achievement in terms of not boring you while still being true to the story so yeah i'm i'm buying you're buying all righty uh we'll get in another one here fu paladin says the smartest thing dems could do is go along with whatever gop wants on immigration legislation because it would expose the to the Republican base that the GOP isn't serious about it at all. That's, that's uh, some kind of three-dimensional yeah. uh, chess there, and that's not what we do. So I am uh, selling, but also because um, there's there's no smart things anymore. There's, <laughs> there's just none. You should have led with that. Um, I'm reading this over again, so I've got a... I've got to buy this, that the smartest thing the Dems could do is go along with whatever the GOP. Um, so I, I think essentially what he's saying is doing the reverse of 
Yeah, doing doing the reverse of what Chip Roy tried to do a couple weeks ago by introducing uh, Obama's legislation sure. uh, into I I don't think that's I don't I, I I I think that I think that could work just to depress just to depress the Republican base. So I will buy on that level whatsoever. But I I'm trying to I'm trying to think of coherent ways to buy this, and it's escaping me without. Uh, buy this without qualifications because I'm thinking of like 15 qualifications right now for this. But I'll buy it on the off chance that it will just depress the Republican base. Uh, that that could have some impact. Uh, Andy says, with the potential for Epstein fallout, some well-known Washington figures will, quote, retire to spend more time with their families. Um, I think this is probably an obvious buy. I got... Uh, I, I get some from time to time these these uh, submissions that so and so will commit suicide. Guys, come on! Now this one is not quite so tawdry, but uh, yeah, I th- I think we will see some of that. Um, if not to spend time with her family, they, we will see some. Oh, that person's retiring. Those types of things um, at some point in the next year and a half or so. So I think that's a pretty easy buy, Todd. Uh, Sal, we live in the age of Trump. We live in the age of uh, Rapino, where not, it's not just her. The entire women's national soccer social media campaign is fully draped in a rainbow uh, and, and preaching not just a sport, uh, but a lifestyle choice. Uh, so that, that, where's the shame going to come from to induce this? Uh, from, from what side of the fence? Who, who's going to pound the bully pulpit? They're going to try, and then the boomerang is going to come back on them. So, nope, Sal. Well, do you have a stoplight on your kitchen table? I do not, because stoplights actually—they're uh, they, a lot bigger than they what, what they look like from the ground. That would probably that would probably be like fit and take up my entire table, and so I couldn't eat. But anyway, having one, regardless of the size, regardless of whatever, having one on your kitchen table is kind of weird. Uh, you do though have a stoplight naturally present in your body. It's called OEA. Now, OEA sends a signal to your brain that lets you know you're full. But for some of us, that, straight, that signal isn't strong enough, uh, and that's why we need to keep eating, or that's why we keep eating, to, and gain weight. Uh, you can get your body some help, though. Go to Riduzone. Riduzone contains OEA. Riduzone is formulated to help you know when you're full, for sure. Uh, think of Riduzone as your stoplight. Riduzone was developed to help your stomach send a signal to your brain so you can feel fuller naturally. Willpower will only get you so far to fight food cravings and stop eating when you should. You might need a better stoplight, and it's important to know this. Riduzone is not a stimulant. It doesn't contain caffeine. Riduzone contains OEA, and that's that's it. It's, it's OEA, and that's it. No caffeine, no sugar. It's OEA. And that's your stoplight to let you know when you should stop eating. Go to RidUZone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Get a special offer right now at RidUZone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com for RidUZone. When we come back, uh, Todd and I will continue playing this game of buy, sell, or hold a little special edition where we're forced to take stands on some issues that we don't necessarily disagree with. We're just trying to think through things from both angles and... It's been fun. It's been a little bit more challenging, but that was kind of the point. We'll continue it after the break. Stay tuned.
No other show sounds like him today because him, that would be Steve Dace, is out. One last segment with myself, Aaron McIntyre, Steve's producer, along with Todd Erzin, the editor of the show. And Todd, uh, I've been going through some things with my previous car's title right now, just trying to get things figured out, transferred over, uh, things of that nature. And it's confusing. You've got multiple bureaucracies involved. You're trying to sort through all of this on your own. And I can't imagine what going through a process, something like that, where you've got multiple bureaucracies, where you've got a big hunk of, of something that's worth a lot of money and you're trying to transfer ownership and things like that. I can't imagine doing that on a factor of like 10 or 15 or even 20. Of course, I'd be talking about a home. If you're in the home market this year, be sure to check out, though, Real Estate Agents I Trust. Think of them as your ally to help you sort through and navigate all of these issues. Real Estate Agents I Trust knew there had to be a better way to and learned uh, three keys to ensure success with your biggest investment. Selling or buying a home is a very complicated process and difficult to navigate. So Real Estate Agents I Trust chooses agents with a long track record of performance. There are no part-time or inexperienced agents in their network. Market value for your home can't be done on an algorithm. It takes years of expertise to evaluate your market and price your home to sell quickly for top dollar. Agents are chosen and are ex or the agents that they choose are experts in your neighborhood. That's pretty important. Because like if I hired Todd to help me buy a home in like I don't know. I mean, he lives on the south uh, southeast side, far southeast. I was just going through Carlisle the other day, far southeast side of Des Moines. If he was a real estate agent and I hired him to 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 help me buy a home in like I don't know Grimes on the northwest side of Des Moines, Probably wouldn't be a great idea because he's probably not that familiar with that part of Des Moines. So that's that's one important key. The other is home sellers must genuinely like the agent they choose to trust their home to. So that's why agents are selected who are fans like you. They do business like you and they share your value. So get moving if you're in the market for a home with realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll continue with buy, sell, or hold. First one, uh, though, we're going to go a little bit outside of what we've been doing so far. This one is from, we're, we're continuing our, our trend every week of previewing college football. This one is from uh, Jeffy Fisher. He is the host of Chewing the Fat here on Blaze TV and Radio. Uh, he says that his M- Mizzou Tigers will go 10-2 and two this year, but will lose their appeal to overturn the NCAA's postseason ban. So, I'm just going to give you the answer that Steve would give you because I know what answer he'd give you because I've seen his college football uh, preview. uh, And he's going to sell on both of those accounts. Now, now that means that actually that he's pretty high on Mizzou. He just thinks they're going to go 9-3. And and he also thinks that they're going to have their bull ban uh, reversed. So they will be in a bull uh, at the end of the season. I, I hope I got that right, but I'm pretty sure that I did. But that's what he would say because I have seen his uh, I have seen his preview. He is high on Mizzou. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot of, uh, about them, but other than and I'm sure I mean as kind of outside observers, I don't pay a whole lot of attention, uh, Todd, to the SEC. Other than I know Alabama is really good. I know Auburn can be good. I know LSU can be really good. Um, but Missouri, I don't know about you, Todd. But they really have surprised overall since they've moved to the SEC. I mean, that's a school that's not a huge, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just not a it's not a huge school. You wouldn't have expected them to do as well as they have in the SEC, especially that division. But uh, they have they have come through multiple times. And I think Steve is is high on them again this year. Uh, we'll move on 
with a format that we had going for buy, sell, or hold. This is from Jacob Arthur, who says, IHOP is better than Taco Bell. And uh, I think it's my turn to buy or sell. You can go. This, my friends, this, my friends, last week, Chris Pandolfo and I from Conservative, well, he's with Blaze Media, and he's in Dallas right now, so I think he's probably listening. Chris and I are great friends. All right. Um, his Twitter account, and it usually is, but especially for some reason the last few weeks, has just been hot fire. It's been amazing. It's just been uh, on-the-nail tweet, original tweet after original tweet. And then he tweeted something about soccer. And I'm going to say the same thing to Jacob that I said to him. I said, you've been doing well recently, but now you're just playing in the street. That's what you're doing, Jacob. Like, what? what is this? <laughs> this is like... This is like Matt. Like um, I decided to put on my Matt Walsh hat today. Like, w- w- in what universe is that? Is that even plausible, Todd? So I'm selling this. Sell, 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 sell. I'm selling that, Todd. Now you have to buy it. Good luck. I I would have been an easy sell until about two years ago when my family and I went to an IHOP for the first time. In, I hadn't been to an IHOP in 20, 25, 30 years. I have no idea. And it was great. It was really, really good. Uh, so uh, I, I, I think it, this all depends on time of day, mood, but th- there's any number of astrological signs you could be born under where this could be true at any given moment. Yes, bye. Uh, have you ever been to... Uh the original pancake house. Have you ever been to one of those? Yes. Now, no, that's next now, level though. That's, now that's now that's what we're talking about. They got gluten free pancakes there, and they're like legit pancakes, not just like some something they p- picked up from Heidi. And they're like, no, they actually, I think they make them from scratch. At least they did when I when I went there. They were really good. Moving on, Neil Hess says we'll see a successful grassroots movement to abolish political parties in our lifetime. So. How they've the founding fathers tried to said that they were toxic, and then those same founding fathers took them on almost instantaneously. No, I mean this is the, the tribalism's in our blood; it, they ain't going anywhere. Uh, now, yeah, no, see, this is yeah. this is way harder than yeah. IHOP Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, we will see <laughs> a successful <laughs> grassroots movement to abolish political parties in our lifetime. You have to you give know, up total depravity you know to do this. You know what? You know what, Todd? I actually can fall back on something. Now, I'm being an optimist here, but I will buy this because if, if, um, if, uh, if, Kiel, if Kiel Ness had said uh, six years ago, Donald Trump will be uh, president of the United States and will uh, beat Ted Cruz uh, in the 2016 or the 2015 uh, and 2016 primaries. Um, you would have said what? You would have said sell, sell. Yeah. So, you know, crazier things have happened. So I will buy that on that on that alone. I think that's the only way you can buy something like that. Damn, you did it. I, I did it. Well, that's true. I've you. You know how many times I've said out loud that you, all those crazy voices in your head that you used to ignore because of conventional wisdom or the status quo. You, you've you've got to give those crazy voices more time than you've ever given them before. You 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 got to hear them out. 
Uh, we'll go. Yeah, that's well said. That is well said. Uh, Rentilos Outlaudios. I didn't really understand this, but I saw quite a few people liked it, so I thought I'd put it on here. Disney will do a live-action version of Song of the South and cast Will Smith as Breer Rabbit. Do you understand that? Is there some joke there that we're not getting? Well, there there might be. I mean, with the live-action craze. Uh, I mean, there's some... Um, oh, is Song of the South a movie? Well, well there's... Yeah, there's cultural issues there that oh, oh. are um, hmm, not just purely Disney innocent to gotcha. bring back to the gotcha. page. Gotcha. Um, I, although I, I'd have to dive back into it. I couldn't tell you exactly, so all, but I know Brad Rabbit. Yeah. Since it's, uh, since it's, uh, you know, since I have, since it's my turn, I'm going to have to sell. So buy that Todd. Uh, Disney, uh, is going to do that starring Will Smith. Well, um, you can use your hold. That's probably what I should have done. But we don't. I can't remember. Have I ever used a hold? I don't think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'm going to use it on this one. No, I, I got to buy uh, because they're going to get to all of them. They're going to check all the boxes because there's money to be made. So sure. All right. Tony Mercer says because we li- we are in a civil war, conservatives should cross over and vote in the Democratic primary to ensure our next president is a, a complete communist if such a candidate still exists sell also i kind of like the way he's thinking but. yeah no but it's still uh three-dimensional chess i mean couldn't could we like try to just like go with like ideas and solid you know muscle behind them I, that's crazy i know um but before it's all end around subterfuge um no um no i will um i'll buy this I'll buy this uh, if 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 any candidate still if if any candidate still exists. That's the key part of that. I'm buying it only because of that disclaimer in there because I really don't think that any candidate exists. But if one did exist, then yeah, sure, uh, go into the primaries, switch over, uh, cross sides. <laughs> Vote for the least crazy person, and maybe we can have a substantive de- debate after that. While I have time, though, can yeah. we do it since we're on the topic yeah. of presidential politics? A slight aside, but sure. did you see? I retweeted it, and this is where this is where you and I listen to the crazy voices. I think a little bit more than Steve on this topic. He's very dismissive, mm-hmm. dismissive of of uh, Buttigieg, but also uh, I after the last two debates, the two people that are going to get more time are Buttigieg and Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard just came out and said that that whole uh, the uh, Kamala Harris thing against Biden was just an attention grab. And of course, she's right, but it worked. But Tulsi's a military veteran. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot about her that's like Buttigieg. And they have parts of their lives that we are, or, or their belief systems that mm-hmm. they are, we are in direct opposition to, but there's also at a, a a level of normalcy that regular people in this age sure. appeal to, and I I think Tulsi she might not win, but I don't think she's afraid to step to Camilla, and I think she also won't come across as a crazy person when she no, does. No, she doesn't. She really doesn't, Todd. Um, I I'm 
Here's one of the things that I'm actually most surprised about so far uh, is that she is not doing better than she is. She's very attractive. She's a person of color. She's a woman. And uh, things that, you know, really shouldn't matter, but they do. Uh, they really do. Also, she's in the past, Todd. She's come out in support uh, upholding religious liberty. Correct. Which is a far cry from any other. Her foreign policy is whack. It's cray-cray. Um, but that's... Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I would tend to agree. And... Um, I don't know. I just these are these are just anecdotal things on the way. Did you see them in the, on the way into work? Uh, the Tulsi supporters on the side of the road. No, I didn't. Yeah, on the way into work this morning, a bunch of Tulsi supporters on the way into road. Uh, so I don't know. She's got some sort of ground game here in Iowa, and uh, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see where that where that goes. Uh, let's see, Capitano Bacano, kind of off the heels of um, a part of the conversation we had with Daniel last hour. The court ruling Trump cannot block Twitter accounts will be used as precedent to declare social media as a platform. Uh, from your lips to God's ears, but sell. Just sell. Um, you'll, notice, you'll notice all the time, and we kind, of, we kind of alluded to that with Daniel, but we just go back to the bump stock ban. There was an injunction filed, I think, somehow. And... Um, Usually, usually, if it was an injunction on something that was constitutional, so somebody who doesn't agree with the Constitution or the president acting upon his constitutional duties files an injunction, the court usually sides with the anti-constitutional side. Um, you'll notice that pretty much every single major court decision only goes one way. Or if it goes our way, it's like the Jack Phillips case where it's really, really narrow in scope. Um, so I wish this was true, but I got to sell you buy it, Todd buy because it should be. I actually have personal experience with this within the last couple months. Uh, my school district didn't like the way I was holding them accountable using social media and, uh, banned me. And I went to them and told them you can't do this. And they talked to their lawyers and said, uh, yeah, you're right. We, we couldn't do this. And we apologize. Uh, it, it, it's right. They, and and there's been a lot of argument, and David French, of course, made another argument about this, uh, that, um, <sighs> frustrating. <laughs> yes, uh, listen, it's, it is a private business, but we've already been down the road that private businesses are regulated. Steve did yesterday. They're all regulated in some way. They can't do whatever they want, but th- this is also then a private business that is being used by all manner of public government, and school districts do this, not just mine, all the time, to get out information so that block was just not about the difference of opinion i said suddenly could not get information in a way uh that uh, many many parents now rely upon including all of a sudden that you have to sign up because for um emergencies and ambulance i would not get any of those things a public a, a public institution cannot do that whether they agree with your opinion or not so this should by definition apply uh, to this, and you have to say e- 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 uh, the platform issue. E- if, if, but again, this is what we talked about with Daniel. We don't have reasonable standards we are willing uh, uh, to stick to. But I listen. This has already worked out uh, in my own life, and people who are honest. Recognize it. Understood. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I sold that. So we're moving on. That was a that was actually very well. That was a really good buy. Uh, well done, Todd. 
Chad uh, Booman says, if Epstein had done what he did with uh, teenage boys and dressed them in drag, undoubtedly a number of people out to get him would instead be defending him. Uh, he says he stole that from an Eric Erickson tweet. Yeah, well, see a uh, library uh, tranny Dragged, reading yeah. time. Drag with, queen story Drag queen hour. story hour with uh, them on their knees um, speaking in demonic tongues and letting kids crawl all over them to their satisfaction and the mothers who raise drag queens and then are somehow surprised um, that pedophiles like their kids. So, yeah. You're um, buying. Yeah. Yeah. This one is really tough to sell as well because, you know, it's true. Uh, but I will... I will sell... I will sell. I just don't think we would hear about it, though. I don't think. I don't think we would. I, I think this would be all as hush hush as, as possible. That type of thing. So, sell only with that uh, stipulation. Jason says Disney will remake a classic where the lead character is LGBTQ. I'm gonna buy that, but it's gonna be some classic that was kind of. Uh, it, it's not the Snow White and the Southern Dwarves uh, level or uh, Sleeping Beauty level. They'll do it for some, you know, B or C list film that Disney put out, and uh, it's going to be like made into a TV series, and it's going to be on the, you know, the Hulu equivalent of the Ocho, something like that, so they can get their, so they can get their social justice warrior uh, creds without completely bombing something like Sleeping Beauty at the box office. Uh, I will. S- well, you, I, you might, sell. you may have to, yeah, I will sell, but you may have to slide me around by what I'm going to define as a classic. But if they do that, it won't be first. Uh, it's more likely to come with something of their own modern making. Like maybe you th- many people think of, um, and the, the previews have been uh, Frozen as a classic, but I, I think of you know Snow White and that as classic. So I, I, I it's going to happen with something like that first, like this next frozen movie. Yeah. I mean, every parent's going to be taking their kid there. Not every parent. There's a lot of them cheering for it. Many are going to be holding their breath. Come on, make sure Elsa's not gay. Come on, please. Can I just have this movie? I mean, my, my 15 year old daughter, it can't wait to see this movie because when it came out, she was what? Nine, 10. The trailer looks fantastic. So, um, it's going to happen to that before it happens to snow white. Uh, trying to see if there's one more that we want to do. Um, oh, let's do this one real quick. Interleague play has been a net negative for Major League Baseball. Uh, I will buy. It oh. hasn't really done any because it really hasn't added anything. I'll sell. I like it. It's fun, especially the Cardinals-Royals rivalry, the I-70 rivalry. That's always fun. But that's kind of a limited... Uh, uh, thanks for bearing with us today. We appreciate it. While Steve is out, we'll, he'll be back in tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.